I was like older than all the other children, so I was so like it wasn't a place that I belonged to. When Dominique Crosby was in fourth grade, she was held back. She had to repeat a whole year of school. It was hard to be older than the other kids, especially when she got to high school. I was like, well, I'm still in school if I'm older than everybody else. By the time she was a senior at George Washington Carver High School in New Orleans, Dominique was 20 years old. I was the oldest of all all my friends. I was the oldest. But Dominique's far from alone. About a fifth of the students in her graduating class are 20 years old. Many of them were held back twice. The idea is to try to make sure kids know the material before they move on to the next grade. But Louisiana has discovered that making kids repeat a grade has some unintended consequences. Lots of kids who get held back don't graduate. Kids who get held back are more likely than others to drop out. And that's why Louisiana is changing its rules. From APM Reports, this is the Educate Podcast, a collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. Today, we're talking about overage students, kids like Dominique. We're looking at why Louisiana has so many of them and what the state has decided to do about it. To understand the situation in Louisiana today, you have to start by looking back a few years, back when the state had the opposite problem. There was a really big story um, in 2003, right before Katrina, two years before Katrina. Katie Rechtall is a journalist based in New Orleans. She's written about overage students in Louisiana for the Heckinger Report. Right around the time that standardized testing was starting, and a valedictorian failed her final uh, exit exam six times. And it was startling to people that we've got this school system that somehow let this girl get through and get decent grades, clearly, but not be able to pass the test. The story Katie's describing is part of what led to the end of social promotion in Louisiana. Social promotion is the act of passing students on to the next grade, even if they haven't mastered the material. And that was sort of a watershed moment for what are we doing to make sure that not only are kids getting grades in the classroom, but they can actually score on standardized tests that compare to other kids in their school, other kids in the state, other kids across town, other kids across the nation. So in the mid-2000s, Louisiana put up a couple of roadblocks. All kids in the state take standardized tests in the fourth and eighth grades. The state said students who failed to pass those tests could not move on. This isn't uncommon, but it is controversial. In 17 states, teachers are required to hold back students who don't pass a standardized reading exam in the third grade. Louisiana's own policy meant that thousands of students were being held back. By 2014, 40% of New Orleans students had been held back at least once during their academic careers. But many experts argue that holding kids back doesn't really work. Students who are held back may make some short-term gains academically, But in the long run, they don't do better in school. And students who are held back are more likely to have discipline problems, more likely to be suspended, and more likely to drop out of school altogether. I asked for these numbers of overage kids because I was hearing from teachers and staff that they had so many children who were overage, far more than they'd had in the past before Katrina, right? And so I thought it was maybe a Katrina effect. But then when I got the numbers for New Orleans and for Louisiana, and, you know, a lot of Louisiana was not affected by Katrina. So I looked at the data, and New Orleans was a little bit worse, but Louisiana was still really bad on retention. So then I started looking at 
you know, where did this come from? And as I talked to more people, it was clear that it was effect of standardized testing. Now, researchers have found that overage students are at a significant risk of dropping out. Uh, is that because of their age? Is it because of the trouble they're having in school or a mixture? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you have kids who are significantly taller than other kids and end up in a lower grade. And that's embarrassing. And I think that makes them hate school and leads to feelings that then manifest years, you know, as soon as they can drop out, they drop out. But they sort of have psychologically dropped out as early as the fifth grade. And then you also have kids for kids who are smaller and maybe don't stand up physically. They, I think there's a, a sense that I'm dumb, you know, that I'm, I sh- I'm, I've been held back. I'm not with my friends anymore. And I think that that also has multiplies in the coming years and causes kids to drop out. Now, what about teachers? Is there is there a black mark on a teacher's record if uh, X number of students are held back from that teacher's year? And how do teachers feel about the whole business of kids being held back? You know, it's interesting. I, I think that we got sort of deadened to retaining kids and how devastating that can be to a certain extent. Because when I asked teachers about it, they didn't seem to devastated about holding a child back at the high stakes grade. I think that they just couldn't do much about it at certain points that they couldn't, they had no real choice about holding them back or not. Um, I will tell you that my mom, who's a public school teacher, um, after she read this story, she called me and she said, you know, I held back one child in my entire career. Now she was, she was, had a 40 year teaching career, right? And so she said she still remembers that kid, and she still feels bad about it. And I sort of feel like that's what the standard should be, that, that, that there should be at least some sense of how much that child really is affected by being held back. In your reporting on students being held back there in Louisiana, you met someone named Dominique Crosby. Tell us about her. Well, Dominique is really a superstar kid, you know, She's sort of a scholastic overachiever. She wants to be a, a doctor in an underserved community. She has all of these goals that you would think go with somebody who's always done well in school. Well, why was she held back? She was held back because she went through some stuff. She went, And I think that that happens to kids who get behind. When the hurricane came, like everything was lost, and I had went to Texas. And then when I came back, they didn't have no records of saying that I had passed, so I had to repeat the same grade again. I was kind of like, I was like upset and sad at the same time because, like, I worked hard, like, the first year that I was in a fourth grade and to, like, to know that I wasn't able to go into the next grade even though I had worked hard that whole year. So, it, like, it took a... It took a lot for me to, like, get over the situation to, like, feel like they, I had did something for myself and I had to start all over. But I got over it and just started over and just, you know, continue to do what I had to do so I could continue to move on to the next grade. This kind of comes when you, you have a well-meaning policy, right, that has consequences in ways that might not be anticipated or expected. This is Nathan Barrett. 
but I'm a senior research fellow and associate director of uh, Education Research Alliance for New Orleans. The Education Research Alliance is based at Tulane University in New Orleans. The people there study how schools in New Orleans changed after Hurricane Katrina. Nathan Barrett helped conduct the research on New Orleans' overage students. He says Louisiana lawmakers who were trying to end social promotion were well-intentioned. They didn't want kids to move up a grade when they weren't ready. But Nathan Barrett says they didn't foresee that so many kids would end up getting held back. It's a lot of kids. And and to be honest with you, I mean, when you think about just the, the financial implications, then not only for that student in particular, um, for you know, that's a year later that they're going to be able to hit their, you know, with their, their career or college or whatever. Um, but it's also that's an extra year that, that, you know, we're paying for them as a student. Um, and so if we're not, um, I, I get the intention behind the law. You know, you say, okay, hey, if they're failing, then they're not ready to move on. I get that. But then that's that's one that's taking decisions out of local control. And it's also uh, basically just saying, well, you know, we, we messed up, so we'll try again next year. Instead of saying, well, no, let's try now. Let's, let's make it happen. Barrett and his colleagues were puzzled by one thing that happened at New Orleans high schools. The graduation rate has gone up. Research has shown that kids who are held back are less likely to graduate, so it was surprising to see graduation rates increasing in New Orleans when so many students were being held back. That's that's the, the, the rub here, is that we actually see a, a pretty large increase in graduation rates. So, it, again, this was kind of counterintuitive for us because we're like, wait a minute, this seems odd. The question driving it right now is, are these graduation rates, these increases in graduation rates, are they legitimate? If a student is, has, has been held back three times, right, and throughout the course of their career as a K-12 student, they've been held back three times. They're now what we might consider a senior, uh, but they have yet to pass a, a math class. And you need several math classes to pass to get your diploma. And then all of a sudden, in their senior year, we see them take and pass three math classes. That's concerning. And that, that gets us to start thinking about, okay, what's going on here? Some overage students in New Orleans high schools take alternative classes or online classes to help them catch up. But if you have students that are so far behind by the time they reach 9th and 11th grade, all of a sudden seeing these huge jumps in one year in a credential that's a product of accumulated uh, knowledge, we wonder. I asked Katie Rechdahl from the Heckinger Report about the students who don't graduate, older kids who choose to drop out of school and go for a GED instead. Well, I've actually written a separate story about sort of looking at the school system here is trying to look at kids who are way, way behind and will never be able to graduate with their class and offer them uh, the possibility of going straight from high school to a GED program that's sponsored by their high school. That's a new program that they're having in New Orleans. It's starting this year. So I think for some kids who would not have any sort of certificate, it's helpful. But they are finding that a diploma, research is finding that a diploma is meaningful and that it it means more than a GED. That research shows that people with high school diplomas do better than people with GEDs. They're more likely to be employed and they make higher wages. 
Dominique Crosby, the student who was 20 years old her senior year of high school, says she almost didn't get that diploma. Dominique graduated in May. She says it wouldn't have been possible without one particular teacher who took an interest in her. This one teacher, her name is Haggerty, but she's now married, so her name is Miss Figaro. She didn't allow me to, like, give up. Like, she was pushing me to, like, you know, want to finish school, and she was telling me, like, giving it wasn't an option. She'll call me every day. She'll call my mama every day just to make sure I come to school and to make sure that I was there. And she was, like, telling me that it's okay to be, like, you know, to get held back as long as I, like, finish and continue to push myself to want more for myself. Dominique Crosby says it was a teacher who motivated her, not the threat of being held back yet again. Being held back made her want to give up. It didn't spur her to work harder. Katie Rechtall says that's typical. It's not enough to scare a kid into performing. You can't say, I'm going to hold you back. You can't say, I'm going to hold you back. I held you back this year. You're going to be held back again. Rechtall says it's not effective to tell students to work hard or that they might not pass the test that lets them move on to the next grade. It's maybe not the best tool to scare kids into trying to do better. And it's maybe not the best tool to tell, um, to let a teacher say this kid should be held back. It's not the definitive tool because some kids just don't test well, but they actually do well in the classroom. And there are ways that standardized testing doesn't tell us anything more than how a kid is achieving on that test. And that's an important measure. We need to know that. But it doesn't tell us that a kid should go to the next grade or that a kid should be held back. And we were relying on that test to make that decision for us. Louisiana recently decided to get rid of its requirement that students who fail those tests be held back. During the last year, the state of Louisiana issued alternatives to retention. It suggested holding back be a rare choice. I asked Katie what students do now instead of repeating a grade. So Louisiana has these things called research-based interventions. One is summer school. Another one is having a high-quality teacher who has um, full certification and a bachelor's degree and um, competence in in the subject area that she or he is teaching. So those things are part of the um, supports that are supposed to be given to kids who are held back now that they're not going to be retained. I'm not sure that's enough, but that's, that's at least that's the start right now. That's it for this episode. You can find Katie Rechtall's story about overage students in Louisiana on the Heckinger Report website, heckingerreport.org. So we want to hear from you. We want you to tell us how you found this podcast and why you listen. You can get in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is at Educate Podcast. That's one word. You can also send an email to contact at apmreports.org. And you can let us know what you think about this podcast by writing a review on iTunes, which will help other people find us as well. APM Reports is producing a documentary about colleges and economic mobility. And we want to know what people gain or what they lose when they change social classes and what higher education has to do with it. To help us in that reporting, you can tell us your story. Did college change your social class? And after all, what is social class? Is it about how much money you make or is it about something else? Tell us what you think by filling out a brief questionnaire at apmreports.org documentaries. The Educate podcast is produced by Alex Baumhart and Chris Julin. Catherine Winter is our editor and Emily Hanford, our senior producer. 
This episode was mixed by Veronica Rodriguez. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.